you probably said this to yourself. When that's the case, it's like, hmm, spiral down or spiral up. Those right. are your choices. You got two choices, spiral down, spiral up, right? So I always say to myself, what like, whether it's somebody else telling me something or my internal dialogue, personal podcast, and it, and it's that whatever it is that's causing the spiral down, I stop and I think, wait a minute, what value is there in believing that or in going in that direction? And I, as soon as I pull out the value word, mm-hmm. <laughs> can usually stop me in my tracks and go, wait, there's no value in believing that or succumbing to that or wallowing in that or whatever. And as soon as I pull out the value card, it's all over. I'm heading back up again. Fear stops us from achieving our true greatness. Are you a professional woman who is feeling stuck, unmotivated, or burned out? Are you worried about your wellness? Are you letting fear stop you from crushing your goals? If you answered yes to any or all of these, then this is the podcast for you. Dr. Charmaine Gregory, night shift emergency physician, burnout thriver, and wellness champion, along with everyday heroes just like you, will explore how to face fear in our lives and emerge victoriously. Dr. Gregory here. Did you know that I'm on YouTube as well? You can find me at Charmaine Gregory, MD. See you there. There. Hello, 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 Fearless Freedom Tribe. This is Dr. G and I am back with another exciting episode of the Fearless Freedom with Dr. G podcast. Today we have Terry Short and we have a unwelcome guest, which is the frog in my throat. So excuse that. Uh, but Terry is our welcome guest. So Terry, you have got to tell us all about yourself and what you are up to. Okay. Well, I feel like I'm always on with the frog in the throat because I always <laughs> sound like this. So I didn't know you had a frog, but welcome to the club. So I am, um, I'm in California and what I'm up to is a, a year ago, I stood up a company called the Thriving Leader Collaborative. And that was on the heels of writing a book about the words we choose. So I'm obsessed with how words matter and leadership development or human development, really. And uh, people leaning into a new way to develop themselves. And that is from the heart. It's an, it's an inside job. So that's what I'm, that's what I've been uh, all about for the last, let's say two years. Awesome. Words are extremely powerful. You are so right. Um, You know, it's like, I was having a conversation very recently with my oldest child and we were trying to explain to him that self-talk is huge in what we're able to accomplish. And we tried to explain it in the sense that like, we never had to have like external stimulus for us to be driven. Um, But we found that this generation seems to need it. And, you know, they just haven't, they haven't grasped the concept of just utilizing your own like positive energy to like drive yourself forward. And so what happens is they get up, they get, you know, they get into like a situation where they face a, they have to face a fear or they have an obstacle and they have no idea how to deal with it or how to get around it. 
And so we tried to explain to him that words are very powerful. Like what you tell yourself, his first instinct is always going to be to say, I can't. And we were trying to tell him that, that yes, that's correct. If you say that every time you will not be able to do the thing. But Mm -hmm. if your first instinct, instead of saying, I can't is to say, I will just find a way, right? Like it may not be obvious right away, but like finding the way around the problem, over the problem, through the problem, whatever it is, but finding a solution of sorts is how you're going to get through not just this particular situation, but everything in life. And I'm like, how can you feel this way when your mom talks about facing fear all the time? It's so crazy. <laughs> well, yeah. I, have a, I have a tip for you. So does your son listen to podcasts? Does he listen to mom's podcast? He does not. He does not. Okay. Well, he probably walks around still with earbuds in, listening to music, listening to Yes, or, right? Yeah, he does. So I call it your personal podcast. So next time, why don't you say, hey, so this this inner narrative is your personal podcast, right? It's telling him, I can't this, I can't that. So what's it telling you? Why is it telling you that? What words is it choosing to tell you? And, you know, how do those words affect you? And so as it maybe relating it to the personal podcast, like this this thing that you're hearing in your head, you know, just like we listen to music and we listen to podcasts like yours. Right, right, yeah. right. Only then the, the changes, he gets to be the producer and the narrator and the director. Yeah. Not as good. I think I'll try that. <laughs> awesome, awesome, awesome. So tell us about how you got into this. Like, how did you, did you just wake up one day and you were like, okay, I'm going to, you know, explore this particular avenue. No, it took years and decades even. Okay. <laughs> decades. Yeah. So I was in hospitality and then I had my own business for 15 years. So lots of lots of fearful leaps that I was taking, right? And I, well, let me say the first one really, I was thinking about this the other day. I hear kids talk a lot about um the kids my children's age talk about gap years. And yes. I think geez, they didn't call it that when I did it. I was just, I went to university for two years and then I took off and I think it should be like fulfillment year. It's not a gap. You're like, you're filling in all the blank spaces of things that you didn't know. You know, it's a, it's an expansion year. Right. It never felt like a gap to me, but that was a huge leap for me to, to do that at the time, you know, now it's embraced and we parents are like, yeah, go, you know, go. Yeah. They're interested in that, that now versus like, they don't want the kids to go all the way through without stopping. Yeah. Yeah. Ben. So it created a lot of fear for me. So I got over that. I, this is what I think about fear is that each time you go over, let's say the fear is a hurdle and there there's a series of hurdles and some of them are higher than others. And each time you get over one or you run the whole course and you get over several, then you're like, bring it, bring yes. it, yes. <laughs> yes, you know, and you're going around again. And so that's, that's how it started for me is I just had sort of one fear-based thing. And I went, well, wait a minute. That was like that. I went from, that was a high hurdle to that was a little hurdle. And then there was another one and, you know, and I started to understand how I could control them. So in 95, okay. I started my own business. There was a lot of fear around that. And I got over that hurdle and, uh, then in 2010, I was invited into healthcare. I had only okay. been in hospitality, and all of a sudden, the local hospital wanted me to uh, be on their senior team. And I was like, ah, you know, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I did it. Um, so I was responsible for improving the 
position. So here okay. you are, the patient and the employee experience, which all those things are all wrapped up together. Yes. Right? Yeah. As you know. Yeah. But so there was a good learning curve. And then I ended up working for the largest um, healthcare organization in the States, HCA. Okay. Level. Yeah. Okay. And uh, anyway, and then I, I forced that fear again and jumped back into my own business. So, and that was a, uh, right at 2020, at January of 2020, you know, oh, not, wow. yeah, not knowing what was going to go on. And I had already started writing my book. And so all along, I've been pas passionate about how we develop as humans and how that's related to word choices. And I guess like the bottom line, what I'd like to say is that um, as I get older, I feel like what I what I want to help people understand is that you can be sage or have sage capabilities at any age. Mm. Right? So that's I wish I had known that like way back when that it, that's what all those hurdles were about. All those hurdles were going up, like helping me develop my sage powers. Yes, yes, indeed. I like it. I like it. Wow. Yeah. Now that's quite a journey. And then, so you, you, you basically were facing another fear, starting a business again. So the first time I'm sure there was a lot of trepidation. The second time, probably less because of the fact that you've been there before. Now, um, what's like, what happened when everything kind of went haywire with the world? Like what happened with the business at that point? You're going to love this. I went to New Zealand. Okay. <laughs> well, I, we, we had a three-week trip planned, and we arrived there on March 13th of 2020. Like, yeah. March 13th was, like, D-Day, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Supposed to be there for three weeks, and we stayed for 59 weeks. Well, of course, because you couldn't leave. Well, I could have left, but I couldn't figure out why to leave. Right, and right. We just stayed and we have a family house there. And so we stayed. I finished the book. I created four online courses related to the content. So I, I made lemonade. There you basically. go. Yeah, right? that's great. Yeah. So there was no, I mean, there. I can't ever say there was no fear. I just used the fear right. to my benefit to, uh, to propel me to into action and to get things done. Oh, that's great. That's great. We have family in New Zealand, so a special place. Yeah. It is. Uh, yeah. No, that's, I mean, that's a great way to um, have parlayed that period of time. You know, it's, it's interesting because, well, I think, I think that this show kind of self-selects for people who are going to be utilizing it for a positive situation, mm -hmm. you know, versus like, you know, I've, I've talked to people obviously outside of the show who did not utilize that time wisely and you know it's kind of kind of not encouraging that it didn't but I could understand why you know yeah. because it's like either you're either you were partially prepared like you had been doing personal development you had been you know your your mindset was such that you're very malleable and so you're already like okay, whatever. I'll just roll with the punches like you did. Right. You're like, oh, okay, well, quiet time to get my book done, to get these courses done. You know, so you saw it as opportunity, whereas, you know, somebody who wasn't working on themselves or hadn't, wasn't thinking in the same vein would just collapse, you know, would fall apart, would just be dependent on circumstance and mm -hmm. not looking for, well, how can I improve myself during this period? So when this is over, I'm going to be a better person. I'm going to be a different person. I'm going to have more opportunities, you know, which is what people like us do, which is 
you know, and, and, and it's, it's wild because, you know, I was talking about facing fear and all this stuff, like way before the pandemic. So it's like, you know, like, I wish people were like listening. Exactly. More people were listening before then. I'm just saying. Seriously, you're, you're an ER doc, right? Yes. Okay. That was not an easy thing to be in the middle. No, no, it wasn't. Overcome any sense of fear and to see the bright side and, you know, yeah, like that, that's a good example. You are a good example. Yeah, yeah it, it was, it was definitely not pleasant. Right. <laughs> it was like the opposite of pleasant. <laughs> it's like every day, all day, every day. But so here's the thing that you probably said this to yourself. When that's the case, it's like, hmm, spiral down or spiral up. Those right. two you got two choices, spiral down, spiral up, right? So I always say to myself with like, whether it's somebody else telling me something or my internal dialogue, personal podcast, and and it's that whatever it is that's causing the spiral down, I stop and I think, wait a minute, what value is there in believing that or in going in that direction? And as soon as I pull out the value word, Mm -hmm. (laughs) can usually stop me in my tracks and go, wait, there's no value in believing that or succumbing to that or wallowing in that or whatever. And as soon as I pull out the value card, it's all over. I'm heading back up again. Yeah. That's great. But but see you have that infrastructure in place though, right? Mm-hmm. And and True. and and because of the fact that you work on yourself is the reason why you have that in place, which is what's unfortunate about most people. Like entrepreneurs are always doing self-development. They're always yeah. doing it yeah. like yeah. that. It, it's essential or else you will not survive as an entrepreneur. Right. Right. You know, and so if you've never like stretched yourself, if you've never, um, you know, made a decision to just change one little characteristic about yourself, you will never have that skill set that you described. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Because it, it begets more. Right. Like- yeah, it gets more as you go. Yeah. So I'm, my mission, actually, my ultimate mission is to change how we do leadership development at in corporations and companies that that instead of just saying, okay, do this, you know, or here's this new thing or fill out this form or whatever, that we all go inward, that the whole process is about going inward and looking inward first and having practices and behaviors built in. My, one of my favorite talks to give is how... Um, promoting um, well-being actually increases productivity. Well, uh, the way I say it is prioritizing well-being. Your own well-being actually promotes productivity. You can get more done if you're much more in touch and centered individually. You can lead your team. You will lead your team better if you are more in touch personally. So that what you're describing can't just be for entrepreneurs anymore. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah, yeah. Truth. Yeah. Yeah. That's no, um and we do need people to be better leaders. Yes. Because yeah. a lot of times the people that are leading, I hate to say it, but they usually don't have the skill set to lead. Okay. But let's talk about why that is. So when I was in healthcare, you know, I'd go to a unit and I'd have, be talking to the director and I'd say, Tell me about your journey, just like you did to me. And yeah. say, well, I was the best nurse on the floor. That's and, what happens, yes. Yeah. And on Sunday, the phone rang and they told me the charge nurse couldn't come in. Could I cover? And the next thing you know, I was the director. Yeah. <laughs> but in it, but in between being the best nurse on the floor and being the director, little to no development happened. 
like it just whoop, and they're like plopped down like in this new universe and that's how that happens that's how that um leadership issue they don't intend to be a bad leader they intended to be right. a great nurse right right <laughs> yeah. right yeah yeah it's very unfortunate very very unfortunate um but i guess like my thing is then why but and also this can be true for the people at the very top of the chain. Yes. Right. So like, you know, if the person who is leading in the C-suite recognizes that there is a deficit and if that deficit was corrected, then there will be even more productivity overall and efficiency of the organization. But it's not recognized because that person may think they are also a great leader, even though they don't really have the skill set. That's right. So yeah, right. it's, it's very unfortunate. It's like a, yeah. it's like a blind spot. Exactly. And it's the lack of knowing the blind spots. And so first you have to know the blind spots. If I know what my blind spots are, then I fill in all, I fill in those gaps all around me with the people that have are good those, at that. Right. Yeah. That, I, <laughs> that I'm lacking. Well, and to be fair, I'm going to try to learn that Sure. I'm going to try to make up for that blind spot, but sometimes you can't. I mean, sometimes there are things, there are skills that, you know, it's never going to be your strong suit, right? Yeah. So yeah. I, I hear you though. And that, that's what happens is that people, you know, rise up through the ranks and they get up there and they're way up there thinking, you know, now I'm supposed to have all the answers. So talk about fear. Mm. There's fear associated with, yeah, I've been the CEO. I've been the CEO, I've been the managing director with the CEOs below me and the whole thing. And once you get there, if you allow yourself to live in that world, there's some fear associated with not having the right answers or not making the best decisions when 300 and some people's lives depend on it, right? All yeah, the people that yeah. are there and such. And so, you know, that's that's fear to overcome by surrounding yourself with the right people. And and trying at all times to figure out what you don't know. And not all leaders do that. And I'd be, I'm going to go out on a limb here on your podcast and say, I feel very strongly that women are better at it. I just do. I just think women are better at, at believing that it's possible that they don't have all the answers and that they're they have blind spots and so they're they're more willing to take a take a look under the hood. You know, yeah, yeah, sure. See what's sure. going on. No, yeah. I do, I do, I do believe that. And I think that part of that is that um, you know, it's like a well, I don't know about each society. I guess every society is probably different, but like there are some societies in which the males are reared in a way that they are, you know, whether they have the answer or not, they're they're expected to. Right. get out there and do it anyway. Like I don't have the qualifications, but I'm going to do the job anyway, you know, that type yeah. thing. And it's like, instead the women are like, I'm going to get the qualifications, then yeah. go for the job where it's the opposite for the males. They're like, I'm going to get the job and then, you know, wing it for the qualifications. So yeah. I think that plays a role too, right? Because there's a certain um, humility that comes from saying, I don't know the answer, or I'm going to find the answer. And it's not a weakness. It's, it's like, uh, it's actually a strength because yeah. it shows that you're like, that you are, 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 um, in tune enough with yourself that you understand that you need to improve in that area. 
versus, you know, endangering everybody around you. I mean, I don't know. Maybe it's endangering is a pretty strong word, but like instead of like uh uh well, I guess I'll use Jeopardy instead. Putting putting the project or putting the institution in jeopardy by, you know, going by the city for pants with little data or little knowledge. <laughs> No, it's so true. And it, the the whole identifying or even 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 opening yourself up to the possibility that you don't have the answer or that there's something that you want to explore, it could be a blind spot, that sets you on a gro growth trajectory. All of a sudden, like you've opened up, like maybe I don't fully understand this. Boom, the door is open and you're going through it. And now you can gain all the information and talk to the right people. And so it's just really a matter of opening that door or allowing that door to open and and then stepping through and yeah and you're gaining all sorts of good stuff because you're gaining the information that was the gap you're gaining more confidence you're gaining more respect from the other people yes <laughs> yes all kinds, good, all kinds of good things yes so. yes indeed indeed and you may also discover talents in your group that you would not have otherwise discovered you know, That's once true. you some, somehow when you start asking for something, you'd be amazed at like the places where you find the answers. Exactly. <laughs> like, wow, I didn't know you had that skill set. Yeah. I yeah. never, nobody ever asked me, right? Like, that's what you get. Nobody ever yeah. asked me. Like, this is what I do every day, all day, and I'm really good at it. You know, so yeah. it's that's just right. funny. Yeah. How that works. That's true. Yeah. Hey, it's Dr. G. And I just wanted to take a quick moment to thank you for listening to this episode. I'm so honored to have you here with me. Did you know that I can help you to get your own podcast started? With my podcasting launch course for professionals, I walk you through everything you need to know about starting a podcast. I'm with you every step of the way from sign up to launching your show with five episodes ready to go. There's a done for you version that's also available. If you would just rather just do recordings and leave the behind the scenes work up to us, then that one is definitely for you. But either way, we've got your back here at Fearless Freedom with Dr. G. Oh, if you already have a show and you need production services, we have monthly plans available for you. So check out the links in the episode show notes for more information. Let's get back to the show. Awesome. And so now um, you have to tell us if somebody is wanting to work with you, how can they do that? Well, um, I actually have a wait list for one-on-one -on -one coaching clients, but I do a retreat once a year and I do quarterly group coaching. So that's a good thing to um, connect with. And then you could have me come to your organization. I can fix the whole thing right? instead of one-on-one. -on -one. So my uh, website is thrivingleadercollaborative.com and my email is Terry. My name's spelled a little differently, T-E-R-R-E at thrivinglc.com. So I'd love for people just to reach out and connect and, and let's just talk about what your, what your needs are and um, what's going on at your organization. Awesome. 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 Yeah, no, it's, it's, uh, it's definitely something that is well needed mm -hmm. in all kinds of organizations. <laughs> I mean, you've probably seen it and how it 
plays out in healthcare. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> ten, 10 years. I spent 10 years in healthcare. And if I had a magic wand, I'd be fixing a lot of things. And so, or some pixie dust. <laughs> yes. Yes. Trust well, me. Yeah. Yeah. In the absence of that, I, I am committed to doing my part in helping leaders evolve, right? That's what has to happen. They need right. to and evolving means taking a look inward first. Absolutely. I, yeah. I totally agree. Yeah. It's um it's a little frustrating as somebody who is uh at the user end of things and yeah. has no desire whatsoever of being in the leadership side. Mm-hmm. Um just seeing things, making suggestions about how to fix them, and just having everything totally ignored. <laughs> which happens a lot and apparently it happens to middle management too yeah yeah that's why actually in 1995 that's why I started my business because middle managers straight up were not being heard they weren't being heard they weren't I was in hospitality at the time they weren't being heard their um their knowledge like you said they're they're the frontline managers they knew exactly what was going on when when Costs needed to be cut. They knew exactly where to cut costs, right? And so they weren't being trained or heard. And I thought, I'm, I'm gonna. I was very. Now I understand. I might have been a little naive when I said I'm gonna fix this, at least in healthcare. But I took an honest stab at it in the very, very high end places. And seriously, I went to places and I'd go into a shopper's report first, and then I would think to myself. What I really want to tell them is you should lock the doors. I've been to hospitals where I've thought that too. But sure. it, you know, when I do my first initial assess- assessment and I really want to go back and say, hmm, I think you should lock the doors. There's so much to do. <laughs> but anyway, I am absolutely committed to, to doing my share in helping leaders um, make the changes necessary so that it doesn't, it doesn't have to be that hard. So this is the other thing. The individuals that I coach they will express like the the joy of leadership has like disappeared, like, you know, gone, poof. And so it doesn't have to be that way. It can be a joyful thing to be a leader. Like when I say it, like, this is like, hits my heart a little bit when you say, well, I don't intend to do that because there's no listening going on and there's this. And I just go like, oh no, it can be a joyful thing. It really can. Because here's the deal. They're the individual contributors and that's fine that's if somebody wants to be an individual contributor forever because with that we need that right but the leader was an individual contributor and now they're a leader and their success hinges on the individual contributors loving what they're doing and doing it well like now their contribution is how well they're able to inspire and lead others to to contribute whatever it is they're contributing right so that's that's where you find the joy in them um, seeing the connection they have to that frontline deliverable, whatever it is, and how well that's being done. And the the connection, like the impact that their decisions have on the other person's ability to do that, whatever that thing is. Right, right, right. No, absolutely. Yeah, no, that's, that's um, I think that's incredibly helpful because it's a huge need. So... <laughs> Yeah. Thank you for yeah. the work. Thank you for doing the work. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for yours too. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I am like, uh, yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I never know like what to say. People say, thank you for, 
you know, um, doing, you know, working in the ED. Cause like, that's all I've ever known. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, outside of like my entrepreneurship stuff, but like, that's all I've ever known. And that's all I ever really wanted to do. So, you know, it's so, but yes, I, I appreciate the thank you. I really do yeah. because we just don't hear it enough. And people are like, well, why do you want to hear that? But I'm like, I mean, just think about anything that you do. He hearing thank you is kind of cool. It encourages you to continue. <laughs> yeah, I mean, whatever amount of patients you saw, 20, 30, 40, 50 in a day, think of the impact that you had on them, on their loved ones, oh, yeah. on the staff. I mean, the, the, the points of impact are huge. And so that's what, that's what I'm saying. Like, thank you for the points of impact that you're, it's so much greater when, I mean, I've been in a lot of super busy emergency departments with 30, 40 people waiting in the oh, hallway, yeah. like that kind of thing. Yeah. Plus the waiting room. I mean, waiting, <laughs> all waiting for beds and just the impact that each individual has. It's, it's enormous, it's enormous. Yeah. Well, I, I take it. Thank you. I appreciate it. Appreciate yeah. your, your gratitude. And so, you know, it's like, uh, it's always a funny thing though. Cause it's like, like I said, you know, you're like, oh, I'm just doing my job, you know, but I guess it, it is, it is something that touches a lot of people. You're yeah. right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That is, it. So you have to like, um, so you have to tell us, let's just go, well, go back for a second to, um, your experience in New Zealand. So you mm. said, Family home. So you're from New Zealand originally? No, no. My husband's um, aunt built a house there in 1999 and oh, okay. going in 2000. So when we were going in 2020, we were going to celebrate 20 years. Oh, different okay. family members go. We go pretty frequently, probably more than the rest of the family. And so we were going to celebrate that and with our kids and my sister-in-law and brother-in-law and such. And they all went home and we were like, why are you going home? Oh, I see. They went back in the middle of the pandemic. Yeah, they only well, it was a three week trip. Some of right. them, some of them went home before the end of the three weeks because they were nervous that they weren't wouldn't be able to get back in the United oh, States. Oh, I see. You know? And probably had work and ex et cetera yeah, yeah. to deal with. Okay. Yeah. And they and I can do my coaching from anywhere, right? Right. So Freedom. our daughter and my niece stayed for about three months, which was lovely. Yes. And then they got a little antsy, antsy too. But see, we only had lockdown for six weeks. It was a very serious lockdown. It was right. very different than what went on here. It was like, don't leave the house lockdown. Right. Yeah. Right. But then people actually listened. That's right. And they only Which is a difference, right? Very different. There was yeah. like one team. There's only 5 million people. Everybody followed the rules and you know, what have you. And then for the rest of the year, we could walk around freely and no mask and there was no COVID because then now there's no COVID on the island. Right. 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 So yeah, it was lovely. Yeah. 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 I can, my cousin told me about it. Yeah. No, that's great. That is yeah. great. You gotta go. You gotta go. You, I'm, I'm positive. You deserve a break. <laughs> oh yeah. We're going to go. Um, it's just that like, it's kind of hard to get there from here. Mm -hmm. We have to go to like Hawaii and then down there. It's kind of ridiculous. So when we get like a more direct route, we will go. Yeah. Because we got to go see family and we got to go. Um, we want to go down this, to the south and go see where um, the Hobbits where yeah. um, that was all filmed. Lord of the Rings where it was yeah, filmed. So, so. so that's where we are. We're in Queenstown and I've okay around and 
um, not a big fan of the movies, but I've actually hiked and I can see the wars taking place and such, or, you know, when you're in these certain areas, it just kind of brings it to life, which is cool. That is awesome. That is awesome. Yeah, yeah no, we definitely intend to come. Um, but the yeah, seasons are flip for like right yeah. now, well, right now it is here is 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 summer all year around, right? But yeah. but in New Zealand it's like um in our December time is like your summer or something yeah. like that, my cousin so, was saying. So Christmas yeah. is super hot and sunny. Yeah. Yes, which would be I mean it's like that here too. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. if we were to come in the summertime, it would be more chilly. Well, where we are in Queenstown, there are three ski areas. So you would go there to go skiing. Wow. That's like a thing. Yeah. People that ski on the in North America <clears throat> when the winter's over, they head down there. Okay. A, yeah. Yeah. It's a thing. Cool. 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 Yeah. It's it's funny you should say that because for us, skiing is a lot closer. It's only three hours away. Oh, Japan. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I can imagine it's quite the hurdle. It's enough for me to get there from California. I can't even imagine how hard it would be for you to get there. That's why I was like, whoa, that's uh, that's really cool. But uh, I think, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, that's awesome. That is awesome. It's a wide world out there, which is what I love. And so, you know, we are at the part of the show where we talk about um, uh, filling in the blanks. I we love have, it. We have three of those. It. Are you ready, okay. Terry? Okay. I'm awesome. ready. Okay. The first one is, if I am fearless, I will. If I'm, say it again. You broke if, up. If I'm. If, if I am fearless, I mm-hmm. will. I will. I'm going to say summit the Grand Teton, which I was supposed to do last year. <laughs> so that's one thing. I intend to do that. And um, uh, that's on my list. But that's sort of like a physical thing. When I am fearful... I also listen much more intently to my intuition. Yeah. I, I pay better attention to my intuition. Love it. Mm -hmm. The next one is to me, fearless freedom means. Hmm. Um, Fearless freedom is, it makes me think of the word choices, is letting, allowing myself to let it go of the narratives and the stories that no longer serve me. That's fearless freedom. I can, I can just release it and move on and replace it with a narrative that does serve me. Nice, nice, nice. And then the last one is my battle cry is my battle cry, well, this is related to my work around words matter, is that yours is the voice of humankind. So use it well. Because when I say yours is the voice of humankind, that's huge. That is. And when we think about it that way, then, so I just want to tell everybody, I want to flag <laughs> yours is the voice of humankind. <laughs> and I want people to like, look at the flag and stop and think, wow, then I better choose wisely. Oh, that's great. That is great. And then one more thing. Can you just tell the audience again how they can reach out to you? Absolutely. They can email me, Terry, T-E-R-R-E, at thrivinglc.com. And then the website where like lots of free resources, lots of good stuff, templates and leadership related things is at thrivingleadercollaborative.com. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you so much for spending time with us here at the Fearless Freedom Tribe. 
And we appreciate you and all the work that you do, Terry. Well, I appreciate you in the ER, but also spreading this message and um, getting the word out from all the great people that you interview. So appreciate it.